Well, we're going to rehearse Psalm chapter 1. Hope you all been working on it as we've been uh, learning it uh, week after week. We didn't go over it last week. We went a little di different direction for Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, but uh, let's look at it again. Let's see if we can do the first verse, and I'm going to see if y'all can get us started. What's the first word? All right, so let's say it together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Very good. Let's do it again. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now let's learn first part of verse 2. Pretty easy. But, here put it up there Bobby. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So let's just look at that first phrase. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight, his pleasure, he seeks to enjoy, and he enjoys reading and studying and learning from God's Word. And uh, that's what God wants us to do, to take delight in his Word. And as we delight in his Word, we begin to delight in him, and we begin to see things that uh, we've never seen before. God begins to teach us. So let's take all of it off, Bible. We're going to go verse 1 and the first part of verse 2. All right, here we go. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. There you go. See, y'all are learning Scripture little by little. Let's meditate on that this week. In other words, stop and ruminate on it. Take some time to, to uh, think about what it means and how it applies to your life. So a couple of weeks ago, we uh, started this new series called From the Mouth of God. And we are really, I really want us to emphasize the centrality, the importance, the priority of the Word of God in our lives. This is not God, but you cannot separate God from His Word. You cannot. And in fact, it's so inseparable that the one that God sent to us to express Himself, who is the fullness of God in bodily form, Jesus Christ, John 1.1 calls Him the Word of God. That's how inseparable God is from His Word. You cannot have a relationship with God if you're not reading and studying the Scriptures. It's impossible. Don't fool yourself. Don't let the devil fool you. You're not walking with God if you're ignoring the Scriptures. It's impossible. So, uh, I want to emphasize that over and over again. And the verse that we're using for this theme is Matthew 4, 4. And Jesus was responding to the devil's temptation when he had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He had come through that period, and as you can imagine, he was very hungry, the Scripture says, and the devil tempted him to turn the stones into bread. And Jesus' response was, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know, God wants us to know his every word, and he put it in a book. And I've challenged us this year to read every word of this book this year. And uh, I've encouraged you to find a, a Bible reading plan that will allow you to do that. Or maybe go get one of those one-year Bibles. Some of you have done that. And you're following that plan to read the Bible through 
this year. Because, you know, how many years or how many, how long have we been Christians? And if we've been Christians any length of time, we ought to have a hunger for God's Word. We ought to want to know what every Word of God says. So we talked about the wisdom of God's Word, which is uh, His overarching principles that God desires us to learn and to live by. We've talked about the counsel of God's Word that refers to the admonitions and the instructions and the cautions. Well, now today I want to talk about the direction of God's Word. And that refers to the real-life applications of God's wisdom and God's counsel. How does it apply to what I'm going through at this very moment in time? Or the decision that I'm facing. How can I get some specific direction from God's Word? The direction of God answers the questions when, where, how. If this is God's will or wisdom, and this is why I should do it, counsel, then how do I use it in this situation? And if, or if God is calling me to go, when should I go? Where should I go? Or if God is calling me to do something, when should I do it? Where should I do it? How should I begin? And does the Bible have some clear direction for me? We use the gravity example, very simple, very basic uh, illustration. Wisdom, God's wisdom, gravity. There's the law of gravity. Everybody knows the law of gravity. What goes up, what? Must come down. That's wisdom. God established it. It's that overarching principle. Everybody lives by it. You can deny it if you want to, but it doesn't make it untrue. Same with God's word. They can deny it if they want to, but it doesn't make it untrue. So that's God's wisdom. God's counsel would be, well, uh, he instructs us. He warns us. You know, don't get too close to that cliff, edge of that cliff or you might fall off. And the law of gravity take effect and you'd lose your life or be seriously maimed. Well, taking that same illustration, if gravity is God's law, and if I could fall off a cliff by standing too close, God's direction would answer the question, where should I go that would lead me away from the cliff in the first place? What steps should I take to stay away from the cliff? So, another example, if God's will or wisdom for marriage is one man, one woman for one lifetime, and his counsel tells me and warns me not to engage in premarital or extramarital affairs because that will damage my life and marriage, then his direction answers the question in his word, the clear steps I need to follow to protect my marriage, to do what I ought to do as a husband or you ought to do as a wife. What about those situations that come up in everyday life or throughout the course of your life, decisions you have to make? Put you in a quandary and you're searching for answers. You're not sure which way to go. You're trying to figure out what to do. Do you really believe that the Bible has some answers, some guiding principles, even some specific word that will give you some clear direction? That verse I, that we're using, Matthew 4, 4. Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Greek word for word there, there are actually several Greek words for the word word. But the one that Jesus used was the word rhema. It would be transliterated into English R-H-E-M-A. And it means a specific word 
for a specific moment in time directed directly to you. A rhema. We're, every day you have to eat, right? Most of us think at least five times. Every day we've got to eat to sustain our life. And Jesus is saying every day you need a specific word from God for that day. Not just bread, not just breakfast, lunch, and supper, and snacks in between and at bedtime, but you need a word from God every day for your life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema, some clear, specific direction for your life every day. Jeremiah said this, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. The Bible's clear. We don't know the way we should go. But human nature is also clear. We think we do. We think we do. We're arrogant. We don't think we need counsel. We think we've lived long enough, we've experienced enough to know which way we ought to go. Especially if we think we have spiritual pride too. We've been saved for all these years. We've read the Bible through umpteen times. We've got all of God's wisdom. We don't need to keep going back to God's Word. We know what to do in every situation. That's spiritual pride. It's not in man who walks to direct his own steps. God's Word provides clear direction for the way we should go. In fact, you know God promises to direct you? God says this, in Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. How far does his eyes, do his eyes see? The Bible says exactly eternity. The Bible says he knows the end from the very beginning. How many of you can see tomorrow? You've got your schedule tomorrow probably figured out but you can't see tomorrow who can see tomorrow god can that's why he says i direct you with my eyes we need god's wisdom psalm 119 and uh, verse 105 you know this verse we learn in vacation bible school your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path God's Word shows us the way that we ought to go step by step. You know, He doesn't show us all the way down the road, hardly ever, but He will step by step. That's why we need it daily, one day at a time, one hour at a time, one step at a time. His Word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path. He says in verse 133, direct my steps by your Word. Direct my steps. See, we need this daily direction. We need it. We can't live without it. But the problem is, is we don't really trust God. I mean, if you really trusted God, you would, we would all be walking with Him in His Word day by day by day. Many of you are doing that. No doubt, many of you are looking to His Word. But statistically, the average Christian... 
there's only about 13% that read their Bible every day. You know, statistically, that's terrible. I mean, if we really trusted God, the, the, it would be 100% of us reading our scriptures, looking at the, reading God's scriptures, looking at His Word. We don't trust God. In fact, we approach a situation, and because of our own wisdom, our own experience, we think, we got this. Or we think we've got our schedule fi figured out tomorrow, so we don't need the wisdom of God's Word. So we get up and we go about our day, we think, we got this. And the Bible tells us, and this is the crux of the message this morning, is from Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, and you know it probably already. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. So let's break that down a little bit this morning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, we're told that the heart is the seat of our emotions. It's, it's where we feel things. You can actually feel when, when you're stricken with grief. Where do you feel it? I feel it here, like in my gut and in my heart. When I hear, I remember, you know, when you get freaked out over something going on in your, in your family, you feel it in your gut and in your heart. I remember when um, we lived over there on Remington and and uh, the kids were little, and uh, we had a basketball goal out there, and my biggest fear was that the basketball would roll out into that busy road, and one of the kids would get run over. And so one day, uh, we were out visiting, Rich Smith and I were out visiting, and, and we drove, he was going to drop me off, and we drove up, and, and we saw an ambulance, a fire truck, and a police car in my driveway. Immediately, I felt it right here, right here in my gut. I don't think Rich stopped completely before I was out of the, car, out of the truck. And uh, come to find out, it was just Haley had her finger caught in the chain of a bicycle. Oh, thank God. Never been so happy to see a smashed thumb in my whole life. Um, I was imagining the worst. But where did I feel it? Right here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The heart's the seat of the emotions, our feelings. How many times have I made poor decisions because I've tried to do what feels right? Feels right. Oh, it feels right. A lot of people put their emotions out and let their whole life be led by how they feel instead of what they know to be truth. Let God's Word guide you. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't feel right, you let God's truth and God's word lead you. Don't let your feelings be the boss of your life. You must master your heart. You know why? Because the Bible says in Jeremiah, the heart is deceitful. Something can feel right and be totally wrong. I've had friends that I grew up with, one in particular that I remember. Came home one day and, well, he didn't come, he left his wife the deacon in the church I grew up in. He grew up with me. He was a few years older than me. Left his wife for another woman. He said, this just feels right. I'm going to follow my heart. Followed his heart right into the den of iniquity. You know, the heart's deceitful. That's why we must trust the Lord with all of our heart. We can't trust our emotions. 
The psalmist said, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's why I need to hide His word in my heart that I may not sin against thee. His word has to be there. i got to trust Him with all my heart. I can't trust my emotions because they change so rapidly and they lie so often. And they're so easily manipulated. A group of motion picture engineers classified the ten most dramatic sounds in the movies. Things that they know, if they put in a movie, it's going to create a certain emotion. And they play it. They play our heartstrings like that. And when they're playing our heartstrings, what are they really after? Our purse strings. Oh, that was such a good movie. Man, it just stirred me. It just moved me. And, and boy, they, they're, they're racking it up. But they know. They know a baby's cry. The blast of a siren. The thunder of breakers on rocks. The roar of a forest fire. A foghorn. The slow drip of water. Galloping horses, the sound of distant, a distant train whistle, the howl of a dog, the wedding march. All of those sounds cause these emotional responses to us and, and cause us to engage with that movie. They're manipulating us. And he says one of those sounds that I just mentioned causes more emotional response and emotional upheaval than any of the other nine and has the power to bring forth almost every human emotion, sadness, envy, regret, sorrow, tears, and supreme joy. And that one sound of those ten that can do that is the wedding march. You see, you can't trust your emotions. And if you live by your emotions, you're going to make tons of mistakes. You must trust your heart to the Word of God. Trust the Lord in the Lord with all your heart. Give Him your heart. Fill your, fill your heart with His Word. You see, God will never lie, and He'll never lead you astray. He says also we're to trust in the Lord with all our heart and not depend on our own understanding. You see, in our own understanding, if you're going to move a heavy object from one place to another, you would figure a way out to do that. Well, David tried to figure out a way to do that. He had this big heavy object called the Ark of the Covenant. And he wanted to move it to Jerusalem, the city of David, where he was. And logically, it made perfect sense. Let's just put it on an ox cart and let's pull it by ox cart to Jerusalem. Wouldn't you say that's a good way to do it? Sure, that makes perfect sense. They didn't have semi-trucks back then. They had ox-driven wagons. Makes perfect sense. Nobody in their right mind would carry it on their own shoulders. That's too heavy. Put, it on the, put the weight on the oxen. So that's what they did. And you know the story. As they're going to Jerusalem, the oxen stumbled, the cart wobbled, and one man thought the ark was about to fall. He stuck his hand up there to steady the ark, and he touched the ark, and God struck him dead. Because the ark was not to be touched by human hands. Not even to be looked in. It was holy, it was sacred. You say, well, that's cruel. I think God was making a point. And David figured it out later. Because he said in 1 Chronicles 15, he said to the priests, he said, you're the heads of the father's houses of the Levites. 
Sanctify yourselves, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel to the place I have prepared for it. For because you did not do it the first time, the Lord our God broke out against us. Because, and here's the reason he gave, the reason the Lord broke out against them is because we did not consult him about the proper order. I wonder how much we in trouble we invite on ourselves because we just do what seems right. We do what feels right or we do what logically makes sense. And we don't consult God. We don't consult His Word. Think about your daily decisions. Think about the life decisions. Think about church decisions. I mean, are we consulting God and His Word? Or are we just going by our own sense of logic, human understanding? How many times have we made poor decisions because we tried to do what we think is right? It didn't make sense that four men should have to carry the ark with poles running through each of the corners. That was illogical. It would be much more sensible for the oxen to bear the weight. But God had already prescribed how to carry the ark. He told them how way many, many years before David. But David didn't take the time to look at the law of the Lord and to understand how to move the ark. See, that was, an, that was just something he thought he could handle. When you think you can handle it, that's pride. We have to humble ourselves and say, Lord, I think I can handle this, but I, I don't want to do what feels right or what I think is right. I want to know what you think. Would you show me in your word if there's a principle? Would you lead, it, lead me to it in my, just my daily Bible reading? Would you show me some principle or some clear direction, some rhema? about this you know if you approach God that way he'll move heaven and earth to make sure you get the answer because he loves you he says trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding and then he says acknowledge him in all of our ways in all of our ways the Bible says in Isaiah 55 8 and 9 For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. They're higher. God's ways are higher. And most of the time, or let me say many times, opposite our ways. And most of the time, if not all the time, different from our ways. We have to seek Him. It takes time. The Bible says, He that hasteth with his feet sinneth. That's the King James Version. The regular old South Georgia Version is, If you get in a hurry, you're going to screw up. <laughs> you got to take your time. And if you think that decision's got to be made today and you haven't consulted God, it doesn't have to be made today. You've got to take time. Consult God in His Word. Seek Him. Acknowledge Him in A-L-L. All your ways. Seek Him in prayer. Seek Him in the Word. And this allows the Holy Spirit the opportunity to reveal the ways of God. Je Jesus said in John 16, 33, I'm sorry, John uh, 16, 13. 
However, when the Holy Spirit, when He, the Holy Spirit, comes, He's the Spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. And see what you're doing when you take time to read the Scriptures and look for God's answers, to pray about it? You're giving the Holy Spirit time to speak to your heart and to guide you to the way that you should go. You see, this is why we need God's Word. We need His wisdom. We need His counsel. We need His clear direction for our lives. We're not smart enough. What does Jesus call us? What's His favorite term for His people? Sheep. What does sheep need? A shepherd. If sheep don't have a shepherd, they put their head down and they graze wherever their little nose and, and grass takes them. And then they eventually fall off a cliff somewhere. They get lost and they go astray and, and Jesus, the shepherd has to go and bring them back. But the shepherd, if they're following the shepherd, the shepherd sees them going and he calls them back or he gets the staff and the rod and he brings them back close to his heart, close to him. And the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Every one of us has turned to our own way. That's how we are. And that's what we will do apart from God. We will go our own way. And it will be disastrous. But God doesn't want us to go our own way. He doesn't want us to experience the disasters of going our own way. He wants to protect us from that. That's why he gave us his rod and his staff. To direct us, to comfort us, to lead us. If we ignore it, disaster let's follow the shepherd jesus said my sheep hear my voice and they follow me are you hearing his voice follow him let's pray together